0: Hey there, are you a holistic badass? Well, I think you are, and I think that you could get a lot of information from my podcast right here called Holistic Badass. My name is Lori, and I bring to you a podcast that offers up all kinds of information on assorted alternative, natural, complementary health methods that you can incorporate into your life and make it just a little more holistic. And you know what would help me out? Go ahead and hit like on this episode and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. In fact, if you want to keep up with what I'm doing, you can find me at the Chick LLC or Lori the Herb Chick on just about every social media site out there. Go ahead and Google me. You'll find me. And let's keep in touch. Hey there, holistic badasses. Today, we are going to talk about breathing. That's right. That function That has to happen all the time, we don't really think about it very often, but it's really important. I mean, if we don't breathe, we die. And in the immortal words of one of my four sons, Really, Mom? Duh. But let's clarify a little bit. We all know that you're going to breathe. When we're born, we need to breathe. Otherwise, we don't have vital biological functions happening. We need that intake of oxygen and that exhale of carbon dioxide and waste products. Because yes, you exhale waste in the water droplets that go out with your breath. Pretty cool, huh? One of your channels of elimination is your breath. But we all have to do this. Otherwise we die. It is necessary. But are we breathing fully? I mean, are we really breathing to our full capacity in a manner that supports us to live to our full capacity? I mean, are we Breathing to our full capacity so that our life is at full capacity? I mean, that's really something to think about there, don't you think? That's a lot of repetition. I'm repeating myself. But yeah, well, let's talk about it a little bit. So I'm sure some of you already know that with all of the different things that I do uh, during quarantine shutdowns, I decided that I was going to take some of that stimulus money that they sent out and I was going to better myself in some way. I was going to come out of the pandemic knowing more than what I did when I went into it. Um, I wanted to have more knowledge, more skills, something, something better, you know, like I was not going to leave the pandemic dumber than when I went into it. At least that's what I was thinking in my brain. Um, Of course, I I did end up going on the schedule at a local long-term care facility and then Coming down with uh, the virus du jour, and it was not a happy case. It was a pretty rough case, and um, then uh, I subsequently went on to have it again a year and a half later. It was just, it was a lot, you know. And and I still deal with things that I think are related to the long term effects of that. But that's neither here nor na- or there. But you know, when you're in that situation and you're sick. And suddenly you can't breathe properly. Like I was breathing. I wasn't not breathing, but I was not breathing in a manner that supported my body's efforts to get better at least not much more past minimal. I mean, I had an oxygen monitor on my phone at the time. I had a a Samsung edge and, um, I could put my finger on the little O2 monitor on the back. So because I worked in a long-term healthcare facility, I was tested twice a week. And so I had a PCR test like right off the bat that, um, you know, as soon as I felt crappy, they were, they were like, oh yeah, that's because you're positive, you know? And then that got reported to our local health department. And so I had to, uh, report symptoms in to, um, an app through our state health department three times a day, or I'm sorry, it was twice a day. And then I had to talk to, um, a, an employee of the health department, a couple times a week just to double check on how my symptoms were and stuff. But, and I had asked her because she asked, Do you have access to an oxygen monitor and an O2 monitor? And, and for you guys that don't know, that's that little thing that looks like a clothespin, kind of sort of like a big plastic clothespin. They stick it on the end of your finger and it has sensors in it that can, um, Pick up the oxygen levels in your blood. And that's very, very important because you want your oxygen levels to be pretty damn optimal. I mean, I don't know anybody whose oxygen level is at 100%, but you know, like 95, 99, those are all pretty normal O2 ratings for adults. And you know, when mine started to drop to like 87, um, it got a little worrisome and so I started carrying my phone with me at all times so that I could monitor that. Like if I had to walk upstairs to go to the shower and suddenly I couldn't breathe and I was basically felt like I was having an asthma attack type of thing going on and I would take my oxygen and it had dropped to eighty-two and I knew that was really bad, so I had to like stop and force myself to breathe. And then try to get that oxygen level back up. Now, regardless of being ill or people who have asthma attacks, one of my sons is asthmatic, and those are scary. Those are very scary things that happen with asthma attacks. But barring those, think about how many people you see that almost seem like they're gasping for breath. And they seem like, their bellies never move when they breathe and it's all up in the chest. Right. And they're constantly like like really wheezing, trying to get their breath. And they're, you know, that's an exaggeration. Say like, have you ever had to run? Like elementary gym class was awful. I always felt like I was going to just, my head was going to explode and my neck muscles were on fire and I was always breathing at the top of my lungs and it's just downright painful and it didn't really do a lot to calm down my muscles or my brain or relax me in any way, shape or form. It made all tensions 100% worse. But you know, why? Why is that? And and are you a chest breather? And and how do you know? Okay, let's start there. How do you know if you're a chest breather or a belly breather? So one of the easiest things to do is lie back or, or in a reclining position or on the floor or on your bed and put one hand kind of up on the chest at the at the breastbone level, and the other hand just below the rib cage, but above the belly button, like just below the rib cage is where the diaphragm sits, and just take a nice big deep breath. Which hands move? Should your top hand move and your bottom hand, just your bottom hand, just your top hand, because that's going to tell you where your body is expanding the most to accommodate for those deep breaths. Right? So we want that chest to open up full capacity, but we also want that diaphragm to open up at the bottom. I mean, a diaphragm, it's, actual purpose is to pull downward and expand those lungs. And then you also have the intercostal expansion where the ribs expand to allow room for those lungs to increase. And then we have the muscle contraction, which then pushes the air out just like a big billows, you know, that you use to stoke a fire in a fireplace. That's how that's supposed to work, you know? And Your top hand and your bottom hand should be moving with a nice big movement in that bottom hand showing that the diaphragm's doing its thing. But did you know that deep breathing is not just essential to stay alive, but it's one of the easiest tools that we have to support ourselves holistically, right? It is a natural tool to fight against stress, anxiety, pain, high blood pressure. It helps ease your digestion. It cleanses, opens, and soothes all the different parts of our being. And it's something that we can do that doesn't involve swallowing a pill, drinking a tea, seeing a doctor. I don't think there's a doctor out there who's going to tell you, please don't take deep breaths, right? So this is something I think everyone can be on board with, is the power of breathing. And during the pandemic, I really had to pay attention to this because I went ahead and became a 200-hour certified yoga teacher. It was something I always wanted to do. And because of the situation at the time, Yoga Alliance approved all kinds of online programs. And there was one I had been watching for years anyways. And as soon as it was approved, bam, I was in there. That's what I used my money for. And one of the main takeaways that I took from that was deep breathing. Now let's talk about what, what kind of benefits come from breathing deeply, deeply, Been a long day folks. Deep breathing can decrease stress and increase your calm, right? So, let's say you're all stressed out, and you're full of anxiety, and your body, well, your brain tells your adrenals to release cortisol. This is your stress hormone. This this is the hormone that um gets a little wonky and starts messing with your other hormones. Um, but by taking those deep breaths, you can actually cause your heart rate to calm down and slow. And as more oxygen enters your bloodstream, it can tell your brain, yo, we don't need that much cortisol and it let's go endorphins. We know endorphins as your feel-good chemicals. It's one of those things that gets released, you know, like when people talk about a runner's high, it's because certain endorphins or feel-good chemicals are flowing through the veins and deep breathing can make that happen too. That release of endorphins can actually combat pain. Isn't that awesome? You can combat pain just by breathing. Now, I'm sure it's not going to take care of all of it, but it can give you a little bit to take the edge off, right? Uh, Breathing stimulates the lymphatic system, thereby allowing it to detoxify itself better. When you release carbon monoxide during the breathing process, you are pushing out your waste product from the oxygen exchange. Breathing is in charge of about 70% of the, the cleansing process of the body. Um, 30% of our toxin disposal system goes through the bladder and the bowels. But if you don't breathe fully, your body has to work overtime to get rid of all the junk it's done with. When you're fully oxygenated, your body carries and absorbs your nutrients and vitamins more efficiently. And therefore your body gets better nutrition, it feeds your immune system. And you, since your blood is cleaner, the idea is that it's harder for illnesses to hang around in your body, because your immune systems, which are now fed properly, can do its job, kick those foreign invaders butts. And then the exhalation process pushes more of that junk out, out so that you don't have it in your body anymore. I mean, better out than in, I always say, don't Yeah. So, I mean, you have to breathe. More oxygen in your blood means that you have more energy and increased stamina. We pretty much know that as you breathe deeply Your muscles will over relax from the extra oxygen and that allows your blood vessels to dilate, which improves your circulation, which might lower your blood pressure and it slows the heart rate. I mean, think about that getting all upset. Haven't you ever seen someone who's just getting all upset and irate and people are like, Oh no, you better calm down. And the person who's upset is panting and their top of the chest is all, (gasps) you know, I mean, you have to think of your blood pressure, calm down, take a deep breath. The more you breathe deep, the healthier the blood flow, which in turn promotes your the full functioning and effective functioning there you go say it again of your organs including your intestinal system right think about that as you expand your diaphragm you actually pull all that air in and you comp- you constrict the abdominal muscles as you exhale That gives a whole massage to that tube. I mean, think about your GI tract is basically a tube. It's like the inside of a donut, right? Where the donut hole comes out of. And those muscles from that are right next to the lungs and by the diaphragm. And as the abdomen expands and contracts, it massages those muscles of the GI massage massages the muscles of the GI tract at the same time. I mean, come on, who would not want improved digestion? Did you know that breathing in actually helps you lengthen and straighten your spine? When you take a deep breath in, your lungs take up maximum space space. And that that's if you're a belly breather, right? If you're pulling that diaphragm down, it allows you to more fully straighten that torso when you have full inhalation, full expansion of those lungs. So you'll get much better posture by breathing deeply. Now, when I was in high school, while well, junior high and high school, I was switched from playing trumpet over to playing a tuba. And I don't know if any of you are familiar with tuba, but it takes one hell of a lung capacity to play those, that instrument. So I had to become a better breather. In order to play that instrument. Or I would pass out on the football field. Because the thing was as big as I was. I was. um, (laughs) I was about 120 pounds. And the tuba weighed about 80. (laughs) It was a big brass sousaphone. That I would wear. So I mean these things are not tiny. And without full expansion. And full breath. I would have been hurting really bad. Now what if you are a chest breather? Remember I said you could lay back and, and feel for that on where the hands were moving to figure out if you were a chest breather or a belly breather or both. Well, what happens if you're a chest breather? Are there side effects? Well, yeah. When you breathe with just your chest, the upper part of your chest, you're using the muscles in your shoulders, in your neck, and the upper chest, and that's it. You can you can have the result of neck pain, headaches, increased risk of injury because it affects your posture. Your shoulders slump forward, and those changes could be permanent after a long period of time. But, you know, belly breathing can be achieved with practice. And that was one of the things in the yoga training that I did that I really had to pay attention to because I tend to get up tight and I start holding my breath and I'm running away like a little squirrel on speed or something, trying to get everything done. And then all of a sudden I notice, hey, I haven't been breathing hey my posture sucks maybe i'm driving and i'm stuck in traffic and i'm all curled up in a ball slumping and i'm like hey my back hurts my neck hurts when was the last time i took a deep breath right and that's where it comes into practice well that's when it comes becomes a necessity i should say to practice belly breathing. So at first you want to, like if you are a chest breather and you want to start adding in some good deep belly breaths, it's not a bad idea to practice belly breathing exercises five to 10 minutes at a time, about three or four times a day. And then you want to increase the amount of time that you spend doing the belly breathing, maybe increase the number of times you practice the belly breathing. And then eventually you'll get the hang of it. Now there are some ways to practice belly breathing so that you kind of get the hang of it. So remember when we laid back to see if you were filling your chest or or your chest and your abdomen? What you wanna do is you have that hand on your belly and you wanna breathe in like you're trying to push that belly hand up to the sky. You wanna breathe in through the nose and then nice deep breaths, nice long controlled exhales. What, controlling how that hand goes up and down. And that will be a great way to get started with your deep breathing. In yoga, we call the breath or breath work pranayama so the idea in yoga is that prana well in in sanskrit prana means life or life force or life force energy right and yama is control or mastery of. In fact, there's some other things that we may go over like the yamas and the niyamas and that kind of thing, which I've been thinking about incorporating into a podcast. But for our purposes on this one, it's pranayama because prana is your life force energy. Breathing is your life force energy. No breathing, no life. Remember, we talked about this. No dumb mom. Um, but we want to control that life force energy, control that breathing. And that way we can kind of cultivate, modify the quality, the flow, the direction of the vital energy into the body. Right. And that's what... I learned a lot of in the beginning of my yoga teacher instruction. So the easiest and fastest way to increase your life force is to practice that belly breathing. Just really get good, deep breaths. In yoga specifically, There are different types of breathing and we'll go over a few of them so that you can kind of get used to them. In yoga, they talk about the flow of your prana, the flow of your life force energy. And that when you don't have a proper flow, or it's restricted in some way, you could experience a lack of focus and negative emotions like anxiety, fear, worry, tension, depression, anger, grief. And when they're open and they're flowing freely and smoothly, the mind becomes focused, happy, calm, positive, enthusiastic. So, I mean, we really want to work on regulating our breathing, enhancing our pranayama. Now, there are a few different types, as I said, of pranayama exercises. The very first one is, I've already spoke of, yogic breath. That is that diaphragm, diaphragmatic, that word is hard. That is that diaphragmatic or belly breathing. That is where all beginners should start with yogic breathing. Lie on the floor, reclining, some way so that you can get a full extension of the neck and the back, a full expansion of the rib cage, and a full opening and downward pulling motion of that diaphragm, making that belly hand move up and down, inhaling and exhaling through the nose. Nice, slow, controlled breathing. There is Durga Pranayama, which is called three-part or complete breath. This expands on the diaphragmatic breathing I'm going to say that word every day now. Um, it improves breath awareness and lung capacity. There is Ujjayi Pranayama, which is also called victorious breath or ocean sounding breath. There is equal breath, which is Sema Vritri Pranayama. There's Nadi Sohana Pranayama. So, I mean, there's all different types. So we're going to talk about a few of these. Uh Well, Brahmari, the chanting breath, all kinds. We're just going to touch on a couple. Now, we already have that full yogic breath. And let's talk about one that is very, very common. And... It is, where is it? I have my notes and I'm looking and it disappeared from me. We're going to work on the nostril breathing, the Nadi Sohana Pranayama. This is one, it's very popular and a lot of people have seen it. So what you want to do is you want to sit, um, reclining or sit in easy pose for people who don't know what easy pose is, it's crisscross applesauce with a straight back if that's uncomfortable for you um, you can sit with your back up against a wall and your legs out in front of you you can sit in a chair you can be reclined in your bed you know you just want to be comfy if you're sitting on the floor and, and say you want to sit like up on a bolster Or on a couple of yoga blocks or something, you know, those foam or cork blocks. It it makes it a little easier. So what we're going to do is you're going to take your right hand. And you're going to put it in a mudra. Mudra means a hand pose. And um, you actually have your forefinger and middle finger bent towards the palm You have your ring finger and pinky. They're almost like stuck together. They're up in the air and the thumb is up in the air. And you're going to take, that's your right hand. You're going to close your right nostril with your thumb. Inhale through the left. Then you're going to switch and use that ring and pinky to push your left nostril closed. And you're going to exhale. through the right open nostril, and you go back and forth like that, closing the right with the thumb and inhaling, then switching the fingers, exhaling through the right. Now, there are tons of studies on this type of breathing, Nadi Sohana Pranayama is extremely popular. This is one that you want to do in the mornings to get yourself moving. At least I do. Um, It balances and calms, chills out the anxiety. I don't know about you all, but I wake up in the morning and before I even get out of bed, I am planning my day. I'm thinking ahead. What am I going to do? How am I going to do it? Blah, 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 blah. So before my feet even hit the floor, my brain has been racing for, oh, I don't know, approximately 35 minutes to three hours, depending on when I woke up. And you know, that's kind of stressful, right? That is really in st- stressful. And I do that breathing, the alternate nostril breathing, before I get out of bed to calm that type A buzzing brain energy before I even get out of bed. And it, it helps calm me down and gives me my focus. Uh, sama vitri pranayama. This is equal breath. This is kind of like, in my mind, a step above the regular yogic breathing. This is working on. Inhaling and exhaling for the same amount of time. So you want to inhale and count in your brain. Inhale, one, two, three. Exhale, one, two, three. Inhale, one, two, three. Exhale, one, two, three. This is very good for balancing and deep relaxation. And it's great for beginners. Beginners as they learn to open and expand the lungs properly. All your muscles have muscle memory. Every cell in your body has a memory. Go read The Body Keeps the Score. Every cell on a deep cellular level has a memory, and it wants to go back to whatever state it's stuck in. So what we need to do with this breathing is we, the breathing helps to retrain the shock and trauma out of the body, right? One of the others that I would like to cover, because there's a lot, um, There is, of course, um, left nostril breathing, which is a cooling breath. It's very similar to Nadi Sadhana. You have to please pardon how I butcher the uh, Sanskrit. I try really, really hard. It doesn't mean I'm saying it correctly. But also then we have Surya, Badana pranayama, that's your right nostril breathing. So where breathing into the left nostril is considered to be cooling, breathing into the right nostril is considered to be warming, right? One gets you moving, one gets you cooling down. While there are Other breathing exercises, those are the big ones, right? Now there's also some breathing where you breathe in, you hold your breath for just a moment at the top inhale, and then you exhale. There are also breathing exercises where you hold at the bottom of the exhale, and then you inhale. These are all important things to teach our bodies how to do. Um, Some people will actually do um, shining skull breath or breath of fire. Um, There are people out there who thinks that, and I'm, I'm going to say it in Sanskrit. Please forgive me. I'm sure it's wrong. Kapalabhati. Kapalabhati believe. Okay. So the Kapalabhati pranayama is believed to help clear mucus in the air, air passages, right? Relieve congestion, of course, reduce bloating, improve lung capacity, but it's an invigorating breath that can build heat in the body. You want to sit in a comfortable seat, tall, straight spine, and inhale completely. Fill the top of the lungs and the bottom. You inhale briefly through both nostrils, then sharply exhale again out of your nose. while And on that exhale, you want to squeeze that spine towards your navel like like your belly is the middle of the tube of toothpaste and your kids are squeezing it in the middle instead of rolling up the ends. Your navel goes back towards the spine. The exhalation is very short and quick, but it's active. And even though the inhalation is short and kind of blah, like not the emphasis, you still want to get that forceful exhale. And like I said, this could get you moving. So if you feel chilly or kind of sluggish, um, go ahead, give it a try. However, this, <clears throat> excuse me, this technique should not be used if you're pregnant or you suffer from blood pressure issues, heart, heart conditions, that type of thing. Do not do the Kapalabadi body if you have an issue of that source. So, yeah, there is one more that I want to cover. And this one is kind of like, I wasn't going to talk about it, but since it was 90 degrees in Ohio in the first weekend in June, and that weather is like two months too early, and I was outside most of the day, sweating my proverbial balls off. I thought it would be helpful to share Satali Pradhyama. Satali is cooling, which means it can actually kind of encourage your body to clear heat away. Okay. So how you do it is you roll your tongue like you do in a junior high when you're learning about genetics. Are you a tongue roller? Um, You roll your tongue until the outer edges tuck, forming a tube. If you can't curl your tongue, you make an oval shape with your mouth. But you keep your tongue flat. You're going to inhale through your mouth, taking in all the air that you can. Either through that tube that you make with your tongue, or through the, the oval shape of your lips. And it's going to make a hissing sound. So it's like a whistle, but instead of, Exhale. You're inhaling. I don't know if you guys can hear that on podcast. Here you go. Inhale. There you go. After you inhale, you bring the tip of your tongue to the roof of your mouth and seal your lips closed. Feel that cool inhalation of the air whipping into that tube in your mouth. And then you exhale through the nose cooling off that entire nasopharynx area. Um, And a lot of times uh, you should repeat that like five to 10 times in a row. If you're feeling overheated, irritable, find yourself waiting impatiently in hot weather, it's worth a try. Throw in a little Sitali. So, while this was a very short episode today, I wanted to make sure that we talked about breathing. It's totally underrated. It's a gift that something we do without even thinking about can enable us a little bit of power to create More time to be at ease, a little more homeostasis or balance in our lives. I mean, it is one of the easiest holistic tools we have. Just breathe. So yeah, be very patient with yourself as you increase your breathing practices. Give it a try. Give it a try first thing in the morning at lunchtime. And when you go to bed, give those breathing exercises a try and work on allowing your body to move into it. Um, as always, if you are pregnant, if you suffer from, uh, diabetes or high or low blood pressure, certain heart conditions, epilepsy, vertigo, Talk to your doc just to make sure that none of these are going to aggravate anything to you, for you. I mean, 99.9% of the time, I would bet dimes to donuts that they would look at you like you're crazy that you asked. But there may be a heart condition or something or one of those things that I mentioned. Pregnancy, diabetes, higher low blood pressure, heart condition, epilepsy, vertigo. You could irritate something with a breathing exercise. So just, you know, check it out. Never hurts to ask. So go forth, breathe deeply and support yourself holistically with your breath. The information presented in this podcast is for informational and self-education use only. It is not intended for self-diagnosis, nor treatment, nor anything that constitutes the practice of medicine. Please consult with a qualified physician concerning the prudence of and before undertaking any major changes in diet, any treatments for disease, any use of drugs or prescription items or the cessation thereof. We do have an herb of the hour to focus on today. And today's Herb of the Hour may assist your breathing. We're going to talk about mullen. Mullen is pretty common around a lot of areas. Uh, mullen grows in the side ditches. Um, and since this is an audio podcast, because I haven't developed enough kahunas yet kahunas i have not developed the kahunas to have a visual podcast just yet someday maybe um we will do that but for now it is an audio podcast so i have to verbally describe to you what mullen looks like some people call it mooline some people call it mullen it is a plant that is, it's great mullen, or greater mullen, or common mullen. The Latin name is verbascum thapsis. It is a tall plant. I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it without reading um, some sort of biological nomenclature description. So anyways, this is a tall plant. It can grow, I don't know, I've seen them six or eight feet tall already. Um, It's got a lot of leaves at the bottom and it grows up and then it has a stalk at the top that has yellow flowers on it. And it almost looks like green popcorn exploding with yellow flowers popping out of it, right? It's like little green balls on the flower stalk. And then the flowers explode out of those little green balls. And it just reminds me of popcorn, right? Like, I don't know. That's just me. The leaves grow in a rosette pattern. They tend to be a little low close to the ground until about the second year, And that's when they sprout up nice and tall with the really pretty yellow flowers. The leaves are fuzzy. And a lot of times people mistake it for lamb's ear um lambs ear has pink flowers the stalks stay close to the ground I don't know they might be related I would have to like Google that and I, I don't want to right now so we're just not but um Mullen once you see it you just... You, I fell in love with it once I saw it. This stuff is gorgeous. It grows a lot in disturbed ground. So what's dis- disturbed ground? It's ground that gets dug up and bugged and tossed around a whole lot. It's uh, seed is scattered by birds. And actually, I have gotten the seed from like United Plant Savers and such. It's a very fine seed real tiny, almost like parsley seed, you know, it's a very tiny stuff, fine, tiny stuff. Um, the leaves though, uh, are one of the things that are used medicinally as well as the flowers. Um, it is purported to be a plant that was used by native Americans for lung issues. Uh, there's, Tales of people putting a mullein leaf in their shoe to help with their lungs. Like, make sure you get it underneath the pad of the foot where those uh, toe knuckles are at. Hey, how whatever it takes to absorb the toxins and get things moving. I don't know if that's how that works, but, you know, that's one of the things that they talk about. Um, Another thing is people will dry it and use the powdered leaf some people we use the roots um, the flowers make a wonderful infusion you can infuse olive oil with the flowers and some people put that along with like garlic oil so garlic mullein oil and they use that in the ears and such um, outer ear canal um, yeah so it's a very useful plant especially for the lungs I would encourage all of you to look it up it's a very happy looking plant I find it wonderful it is on the FDA the the Food and Drug Administration the US FDA it is on the United States FDA's GRAS list that's G R A S you see gross by an herbal remedy it means that the FDA can cons- Puts it in a category called generally recognized as safe means that side effects are pretty darn rare, um, unless you have a specific allergy to it. Once I mean, most of the stuff that you look up is going to say that you, you could possibly get some contact dermatitis if you are sensitive to it, right? Um A lot of the stuff that you will read about Mullins says that Native Americans used to smoke the leaf to help with the lungs. Uh, this is probably because the smoke from that can, is thought to soothe the lungs and open up air passageways. Um... I don't know. I'm not a big fan of smoking any herbs, so um, I prefer to ingest it. Uh, The cool thing is, is if you feel the leaves and they're very fuzzy, think of that as like the small tiny hairs in the lungs. So if you are someone who follows the law of signatures, which is where like Physical characteristics of the plant gives hints as to what body part it might be good for. There you go. The leaves are slightly fuzzy. So think of the inside of the airways. Um, as usual, women who are pregnant and nursing should avoid using melon. Um, But yeah... It, It really is a very useful herb for soothing irritated lungs. So, think if you have a hot, irritated condition in the lung and the airways, this would be an herb that I would reach for if I were in that situation to calm and soothe the irritation to help out all those little irritated fuzzy hairs in my airways, I would reach for mullen. If there is an herb or remedy that you want to know more about, feel free to reach out to me through the comments on this podcast. You can shoot me an email at laurie.the.herbchick.com. At gmail.com, or hit me up on any one of a number of social media channels, and we can talk about an herb that you want to know more about. Wow. And this was supposed to be a short episode. I'm sorry, and all it is is my babbling the whole entire time. I hope I did not bore you. I hope I did not lose you with my train of thought. I hope that you learned a little bit about how to support your holistic lifestyle with breathwork. And maybe you might want to give Mullen a try. At any rate, I hope that you put some of the practices for my podcasts all together. Go back, listen to some past episodes. Hit me with a like, a follow, subscribe to this podcast. All those little things help me a lot. And as always, go out there and be that holistic badass I know you can be.